Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethley, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to become the confident leader and take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I am very excited to share our time together with Paul Crosby. And let me tell you about Paul. So Paul is one of the founders and CEO at the Uncommon League. Paul was also the full-time instructor for project management, shout to project management, agile and strategic (laughs) enterprise analysis. Paul's the author of Fail Fast, Fail Safe, Harnessing Failure to Succeed, and the Uncommon Book of Analyses Techniques. Paul has presented at events all over North America and Europe, including BA World, Project Summit, local IIBA chapter meetings, and other events. So today, of course, my topic is going to be about failure, harnessing failure for success in business and life. Please join me in welcoming my guest, Paul Crosby. Well, Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's wonderful to have you. Yes, I will be a project manager till I die. Um, <laughs> I'm there right with you. I'm right yeah, there. <laughs> I know, because, you know, I really think in life, we all are project managers and people just need oh, yeah. to get that, get on board with that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I teach project management 101 or anything like that, it, it's like, you know, think about it. Everything we do, it, it has processes, it has procedures, it has things that we need to do. Oh, absolutely. Lots and of you tasks. you need a quarterback. You need a quarterback. There we are. Absolutely. Every good football team has one. That's exactly right. And they don't always listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> There is that, uh, that makes some there, of the play. There is that, there is that. But that, you know, and I think the other thing a great project manager has is a sense of humor. Because if you don't, you'd be oh, a you, yeah, frustrated I person that. all your life. Yeah, you'd be in a straight jacket if you didn't have a sense of humor project <gasps> yeah, manager. Yeah. That is so true. All right, we always start out with the easy question, which is, where do you call home? Um, I Eden Prairie, Minnesota is where I call home. So we're back up Minnesota. here in the North Minnesota. Minnesota, there, yeah, a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You like the snow, do ya? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, we have all that isn't coming for a while. Cross your fingers. So. <laughs> I know. I always tell people whenever they say they're from Minnesota, the first time I was there, I was for when I worked for Arby's corporate office and I was a construction coordinator, my first taste of project management. And uh, so we were going to check out a company that made prefab buildings for Arby's. 
there was a line on this house that we, you know, you go and the neighbor's about five or 10 miles away for where this was. <laughs> and there's this line above the door across the house. And I said, what is that line? Well, that's the snow line. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, on my list, never moved to this city. <laughs> never going to be there. <laughs> Not the place for me. Yeah. You have no, to, yeah, no. it's, it's hardy people yeah, and a good shovelers are yes, a good yeah, or, <laughs> or getting that heavy equipment to, to move the snow. Yes. Awesome. Absolutely. So, I gave your bio, but tell us a little bit about your story and how you went from where you started to where you are today. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it, back in ancient times. Um... <laughs> I was going to say, it's only <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> back before the invention of the wheel. No, it was, <laughs> it was in the 80s. It was, okay, I'm admitting my age. It was in the 80s. Um, I started off as... Um, uh, telecommunications cabling. So I was up in the ceilings, mm -hmm. dragging cables all around, <laughs> um, having fun with that and, you know, digging holes and all that good stuff. But it, after that, I, you know, grew into um, actually using my accounting degree <laughs> um, and, and working in, in uh, accounting and um, kind of figuring out how things kind of work and learning the process of things and mm -hmm. kind of helping to make sure that certain things operate on a, on a meaningful level and that we're getting where we need to go. So I kind of had that, that inkling of what a project manager was at that point. Um, and then, you know, just started doing, you know, little things like uh, introducing the PC into the accounting department. That was my big project, yeah. uh, the very first one that I did. So that was, uh, you know, a lot of handholding and training and, you know, what the heck is a spreadsheet and how do I use it kind of thing um, back in the days of Lotus 1, 2, 3. And, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's way back there. I, I am a walking museum here. <laughs> I think we're both from that same time. I do enjoy doing that to my my nieces and nephews because I, I show them that I still have one of those um, eight inch floppy disks. And I'll just, oh yeah, this is how we used to store data. And they go, it's so huge. <laughs> and I go, and it's stored sixty four k. And if you have music as you started it up, <laughs> played a little yeah, played a little song. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, from there, I just kind of went and continued into, um, cause telecommunications and got into voice response, yeah. uh, interactive IVR, interactive voice response, PBXs, uh, T1, T2 lines, mm -hmm. data connections and all that fun stuff. And then, you know, that, well, that was total project management because that was after the breakup of AT&T and now you had five different companies that you had to deal with and you had to, to coordinate among all of them. And so yeah. that was further developed me into that project manager role. And that's when I started to think, you know, hey, this project manager career, this is this is kind of a good thing for me. I might want to try this. Um, and went off to University of St. Thomas and, and got my um, certificate in project management from the university there. Um, and then continued on to get my uh, project management professional and all that fun stuff. Worked for IBM Global Services. I've worked for most of the Fortune 100 doing projects and, and that sort of stuff. And I got to this point, you know, where I'm like, I, I, I was a, a CFO for a, a while and I was certainly a chief technology officer and CIO officer for a while. And I just got to this point where I was just like, I don't know, where am I going? What, what is the next step for me? 
and where where should I really go? I mean, you know, mm -hmm. I, I I can stay on this path and I could probably sit here for 30 years and retire, or do I go on and I try something bold and different, right? And I, and I went, and okay, fun. Right, right. <laughs> and fun, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's only so many times you can close the books and accounting, you know, it becomes a little boring after a while, but mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, something challenging, right? So I went out and, and um, uh, started my uh, own company um, with, with a few folks. And that's kind of how they uncommonly started. Um, you'll notice our logo has the, the three little heads coming together and the three little heads are different colors. Each one of those colors represents one of the original owners. And then in the very center of it, you'll notice a little propeller and it's that's propels us forward. Joining minds together propels us forward. Oh my goodness. Very nice. Very oh, there's a, the secret to the logo. <laughs> that took about six months to build, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> And uh, had a lot of time. Oh, shout out to Mercy Eller for putting that together. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. um, poor thing had to deal with us overly creative people. Yeah. And so we started this organization um, eight years ago and um, we were the first company straight out of the gate to do virtual training. That was our, our gig. And um, we did it years before COVID hit and we were the pros at it and people were turning to us during COVID and say, well, how do you do this? And how does this all work and all that kind of fun stuff. And, um, you know, so we help, you know, develop instructors and uh, mm -hmm. not only in our own company, but other companies as well and kind of continue. That's, that's when I started to write my first book was fail fast, fail safe. Um, and uh, that was about, you know, really learning how to fail and, and mm -hmm. to learn from that failure and not be afraid of it. And I think, right that was a big important moment for me of realizing to I, just total transparently, I was terrified to open my own business, terrified. I was like, where's the income coming from? I, I won't have medical insurance. I won't have dental insurance. I won't have any stability. Where will this, you know, and I was just totally paralyzed by this. And, you know, I, I really had to step outside of myself and, and it took a little encouragement from some of the, the founders of the Uncommonly to kind of say, you know what, you got this, Paul, you, you, wait a minute, what are you talking about? You know how to run an organization. You've been there. You've been a CIO. You've been yeah. in these positions. <laughs> what the heck are you doing? Why are you so terrified all of a sudden working, working for yourself? And I was like, you know, maybe I just, I got to build my confidence here. You know, I, I got to be able to do this. And, and then we, we kind of started that conversation and, and it stuck with me and that's why I kind of wrote the book and mm -hmm. it was a, a keynote that I had done at a particular event and it went over uh, really well and I decided to turn it into a book and explore the subject further but you know I it's true it is that we have to harness failure yeah. we are going to fail in our lives um sometimes spectacularly sometimes you know a little bit but I think the whole key is is to not be afraid of putting ourselves out there of, of not taking that that leap of faith if you will with a with the understanding of you know this is this this could be bad this is a is definitely a failure opportunity moment but to feel safe on the other side of it you know like think about okay if i take this leap what are my alternatives here before i take it can i can i you know how do i land softly <laughs> um you know on some nice squishy pillows you know and i, I think that we view failure as something that is 
you want to avoid. You don't want to be there, mm -hmm. right? And and certainly in life and death situations, I, I don't want an emergency medical technician to fail, right? <laughs> don't want that. Uh, don't want the don't, don't want the elevator to fail. Don't want that falling to my death. No, none of that kind of stuff. But there are there are times when you can you have to know when to take that 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 right. risk and that that failure and go for it. And I think part of that is just is doing things that you normally wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as I explained in the book, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to just take up skiing and, and just see what this, this is about. I never skied before in my life. I, I was in my uh, middle age there in Minnesota. It's true. Never <laughs> snow. There was snow everywhere and I never yes. skied. <laughs> kind of weird. It's, it is. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, I, I, you know, took a lesson on, on, on the thing. And, and I remember that we were on the little, the little hill there. Funny. Uh, the little bunny hill and we're on the bottom of the bunny hill we hadn't haven't even gone up to the top of the <laughs> of the, the the hill and i you know the instructor's explaining things and you know i started sliding backwards <laughs> i didn't know how to stop so i'm like you know waving the hands and doing the feet trying to do everything you know and i just go crashing crashing backwards into a tree it was hilarious they're like oh my god oh my god are you okay and I'm, told you to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like oh, okay goodness. okay mm -hmm. skiing not for me not for me. I'm never <laughs> gonna be on check done you know but I'm never gonna be black diamond right so we're never gonna worry about that but you know mm -hmm. I just I, I found myself putting going out there and just doing stuff that I normally wouldn't do I, I took a pottery class um and uh, let's be honest I had trouble making a plate <laughs> it was terrible <laughs> and but I did it anyway and it was just learning from that just yeah. these you know, and meeting people and different perspectives and understanding that art form a little bit more, um, understanding that it's, yeah, I didn't do well and I certainly failed, but it was still safe. I still landed in a safe spot and it was okay. And yeah, and just being able to be open about that and just kind of rock and roll with it. And um, I, I find that that's one of my, the, the advice that I give to all of my little project management students is like, hey, listen, life is life is all about a lot of these little failures that are going to happen and you know learn from them take a lesson from it and, and figure it out because you can always pull that in throughout all of my career i have been in multiple industries multiple different companies everybody does it a little bit differently but that's okay because I, all of these different ways of doing things have now come into me have kind of sunk into the sponge if you will yeah. and are now there for me to pick and choose when i need to, to have a new project i can go well yeah, wait a minute eh, we'll do it this, this way we'll do it this way <laughs> exactly and we could combine them and do it this way yeah, you know? that's exactly right oh, man, uh, so many the... things to unpack there um you know first of all the very first thing when we talk about failing safe uh failing fast yeah. failing safe so uh, you and i when we first started out in project management it was the waterfall method you know and you yeah. knew your outcome and that's what you started, you worked your way backwards for and failure was not really well accepted <laughs> by those that were not on your team those that were paying the bills but in the later you know 2014 2013 around there the whole agile thing came in in the company that i worked for and the whole idea is what you want to fail so you can learn from that so you can get better and <laughs> but it's exactly. still it's still to, 
as your project my, management mind had to wrap around that it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. But what I heard when you talked about skiing and your plate failure is <laughs> every time I have had a failure in some lesson of management, of leadership, of, of being a parent or whatnot, I could take that failure and really pull from it some lesson that was helpful for that person that I was advising or coaching or mentoring. And so I think sometimes we think, well, you know, I'm never going to ski again, but what did you learn, (laughs) you know, as you were going backwards and, and (laughs) things like that. And, and the fact I always tell people whenever I'm trying to get them to be innovative and creative is that um, if it's not going to kill you or put you in jail, then why don't you give it a go? (laughs) Give it a shot. I mean, the worst thing is you fall and just like that one-year-old, you get right back up and you try to walk again. Yeah. And mom and dad are there, right? They're going to help you back up on your feet and hold hold your hands while you're you're doing it. My parents were very generous and had shag carpeting. It was very soft to land on. (laughs) So, you know, that's that's what it is as as a mentor. That's kind of what what I see myself as a mentor is is that, you know, I I have the, the shag carpeting that's the soft landing. And yeah, and they're kind of helping you take your first steps and you, you're going to fall, but that's okay. You'll get back up mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as people who have been there, done that have the t-shirt, it is, I think our responsibility to be that mentor. People helped us along the way, or we, when we didn't have the help, we know how frustrating it was. And so if I can yeah. help someone have, um, not necessarily, I don't, I don't ever want them not to fail, you know, kids Mm -hmm. or people that I'm working with, I want you to experience that failure so that I see how you react to it. And how can I mentor you to maybe react in a better way? Yeah, definitely. You know, and it's the same true with organizations. Um, One of the organizations that I was leading and um, uh, my term as president was up and I was, you know, it was a volunteer organization and I was, Mm -hmm. I was on my way out the door and then, you know, there's a, okay, you, you won all these awards and most innovative and best, uh, you know, and all that fun stuff. And um, one of my colleagues that was on the board was, you know, we're, we're going to miss you and, you know, all of your, your great efforts. And, I, you know, she looked at me and she said, I don't know how we're going to do it without you. I think we're going to fail. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? Maybe they do need to fail. Yeah, because they can have that opportunity as an organization to learn from that failure yeah, and to kind of build, build themselves up on it, you know, so the organization is entirely resting on one individual, it's resting on, on, a, on a team of people to really yeah. build a community in that organization. I was mentored by um, the CIO of UPS, and he yes. told me that first, probably a couple of times sitting with him that he only hires smarter people than him. He never wants to be the smartest person in the room. And he wants to learn from those people. But also he said, the thing is, I know then they can stand on their own two feet when I'm not there to tell them what to do. Yeah, they're more independent. Yeah. Absolutely. It's really good That stayed with me all my life, yeah. So you say, you are passionate about helping people break through the glass ceilings 
and when we're talking people, <laughs> mostly we're talking women, technology and women, it, it really was a, a man's world for a long, long time. So yeah. um, talk to us about how you have helped people break through the glass ceiling. Well, I, right now I am part of, uh, we have the In Common uh, Foundation and the In Common Foundation is working with many different organizations. But one of the organizations we're working with is, is TechFluent. And what TechFluent does is, is they're, they're helping women that have um, decided to come back into the workplace. You know, they've, they've done the child thing and you know, they're coming back into the workplace. Um, or, you know, they put their career on the back burner while they're raising their kids, that sort of thing. Um, and also that they're they're new to to this this role of, of technology, and w- what we do is is we we upskill them right. We we teach them about project management and business analysis and development and technologies that are out there, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's done in conjunction with Microsoft and it's helping build up um, these these women who normally would not get that opportunity to be able to do that, right? And when you think about it, a a college education is ridiculously expensive. And we we do this for free. Um, We have people apply for it. And then we kind of work with those those folks and kind of get them up into the new new technology careers. You know, the resume, the the interviewing, the, 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 you know, how you uh, handle yourself in the, the, the environment and all that kind of fun and exciting stuff. And, you know, I, I am passionate about it because I, I've seen it throughout my whole career, sort of this, um, I hate to say it, but it's second class status. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I was in the <laughs> director. on point. <laughs> and I was the director of a project management office and, and I had um, two of my uh, female project manager colleagues that were not being paid anywhere near the same level as, as their male counterpart. I mean, it wasn't even anywhere near. And I remember going into my boss's office and, and I was, uh, I personally was appalled. I was just like, this is ridiculous. This is, this is tens of thousands of dollars. This is not, you know, that sort of thing. And, and these people are contributors. They have contributed significantly to the success of this organization. And it was, it was a battle <laughs> to get them back, to get the pay to kind of equal out a little bit. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, they have the experience, they had the certifications, they had the success, they should, should certainly be getting that. And, and I, and I don't regret that at all. I think that that was the right decision. It was the toughest battle I've ever fought. And I'm, I'm proud of that battle and that I, I did win that battle to a certain perspective. Um, and I'm glad I did because I, I think that it, it's important that we stand up for what we believe in. And, and to to be open and honest about that, and you know, and, and, and to me, it sort of gets to ethics a little bit, you know, of treating people equally, um, and and being, you know, a good citizen and as a part of a good community, and, and just kind of building, you know, that um, sense of um, of equality a little bit more than um, what was the norm. And, you know, certainly that was in the 90s. That was long before hashtag me too. And it, it was it was hard because it was a male-dominated decision-making train, uh, you know, yeah. chain. And it was very hard to influence that to get it to the point of where, you know, we can get these people, you know, back up to the pay that they want. 
Um, so, you know, it was, a, it was a good thing. And, and I certainly learned a lot about it and it just kind of stuck with me a little bit. Um, I think it, it has propelled me a little bit in some of the decisions that I've made. Um, and, and certainly, um, some of the, the concepts that we've developed and, and that, um, I'm, I'm no idiot. I know that the majority of my customers are so 60% of them are women. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I want to continue to support them. I, I really feel strongly about that. I think there's a connection there. I think that that that's the market. And I think that mm -hmm. I want to continue to continue to support that very strongly. And, you know, so we're looking at different things to do that. We're looking at a women's conference and other things to kind of, you know, help build leadership um, in women's skills. And we're, we're definitely that that's a good thing. I think it is mm -hmm. a good thing to do. So that's why after I retired in 2018, I decided to start this business and the podcast just came out of it as me wanting to try to connect people to the people that could help them. And, yeah. you know, my target audience is mostly women entrepreneurs. I do have a large following of male entrepreneurs, but, or, and small business owners, but I just think that it's, it's just like my duty that yeah. if I can connect you with people that will help you, you cannot be a business owner and be afraid of technology. You, right. You know, you have to be able to work smart. And that means you need to understand the technology that can help you work smart. And you have to be confident. Mm -hmm. And so I work with all of those things for, for people and um, love that you have this business to do it. You know, ultimately, that's why I love doing training. I love to get out there and train people because oh, yeah. they need that, you know, they need that boost of confidence. And, uh, so, and then also that person to fall back on and say, Hey, what about this? You know? Yeah. So, and I, I love the the new generation because, you know, they're, they, it's fun working with them. They're, they're, they're not as, they don't work and operate the same way that we do in, in our generation, mm -hmm. but they're hilarious because, you know, you, you can tell them these stories, you know, and they're like, oh, that's why that happened. And, you know, you, there's that experience level that you can extend to them. And I'm like, hey, listen, the train is coming down the tunnel. You need to get off the track, right? Yeah. Give them some advice and, and just kind of, you know, make it easier for them so that they're not running into a brick wall or getting run over mm -hmm. by a train. And right. I think that that's uh, very important. And, and that was one of the things that propelled me forward throughout my career was I had a lot of good mentors. I had yeah, a lot of too. people yeah. that, that helped me move to that next level, move to the seat, the director level, the manager level, the seat level, all the way up the chain. And even to run my own business, I had people helping me to do that. And, and uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, knock on wood, I'm, I'm lucky to have had those talented individuals to support me and, and to bring mm -hmm. me forward. And, you know, it, as you said, it, duty, and I, and I now do believe it is duty that mm -hmm. now that I have been pushed up and, and risen, now I have the chance to do that for others yeah. and, and raise all boats. Yeah. yeah. And do it in a way that people don't feel that they're less, you know, right. it, it's, I, I don't expect you to know everything, you know, I, I did every day new technology comes out that we don't know about and so it's I think it's exciting and fun and 
at 65, I love where this whole new information and, and technology that's coming out. I think it's so exciting. And, and to sit back and, and just watch it go by, it was just not on the cards for me. It's like, (laughs) no, no, I I guess I will be a geek forever, but anyway, (laughs) that's okay. I'm right there with you. Yeah. So that's good. Takes me to my next question was what excites you the most about the future of business? and technology yeah there's a lot of great stuff happening out there you know there's the um the whole ai thing i think is the big thing that everyone's kind of chatting about and i think that um missing the mark on that a little bit um i think that you know we're we're all worried about that this thing is going to be able to you know replace us and i don't think that's the case because the ai model is built upon the history and the past um, even if you ask Chad GPT at this point of something that happened currently, it doesn't know, right? Because it hasn't gotten that far mm-hmm. yet in absorbing all that information. And, you know, it's it's like any other tool. I, I know that um, as I've gone through my career, there's always been some trend, some tool, something that's mm-hmm. always been like, it's going to kill us all. We're all going to die. No, we're not going to die. It's fine. Um, and, you know, it, it's a, a good tool for for diving into data. It helps write code a little bit. Um, things like that. I think that's a good thing. It can help customer service too with the workflow. Um, although I still find those, uh, even though I have developed them and programmed them, I still find those interactive voice responses kind of annoying. <laughs> um, you know, answering 20 million questions to get to where yeah. you need to go is kind of crazy. Yeah, but, that you know, that, that, that's one part of the, the technology, I think. And I see that the business is evolving into more of a, a free form sort of mm-hmm. work environment because back in my day it, it was you were in the office every day there was no remote work you were wearing suits and ties and it was a very formal environment but now you, you flash forward into the 2020s here the environment isn't that formal we, we don't wear suits at the, not at the places that i go to and and also we're, we're not that formal with each other we're a little bit more right. informal and casual about things we have more of a, an adaptability, flexibility attitude, um, which is agile. That kind of is mm-hmm. developed and woven into the business culture. Um, and we're more of a, of a collaborative w- workforce. And we, we have to be able to collaborate and work with a lot of diverse people in order exactly. to be able to be success in your business. And I, can, I, I see that speeding up. And, and, and I think that it, it is probably going to get to the point, especially with, with, with my organization, is most of my folks are freelancers. They're, they come and go. Is, they come into the project when they want to. And, then, you know, okay, I, I'll do this part of it. And then they take off. And then I get somebody else come in and they do this part of the project and they go. And then this person does this thing. It isn't like I have a set hard line you know, that's kind of going there. I've got people kind of coming in and kind of going out. So it's a different management of that. Um, and I continue to see that happening because I think what's what we're starting to realize is that each individual is unique and they have a unique set of skills that they are exceptional at. And that exceptional skill is what you want on your project. So you bring them in for that piece of it. They they do a bang up job and then that's it, they go. And we're we're not trying to develop them to be a perfect model in all of the areas we're saying well wait a minute you know this person's really good at graphics design bring them in 
bring them in. We'll just build do the graphics design, they'll leave, and that's fine. And then we can move on to the next piece. And then we'll, oh, this person over here is really good at this. Fine, let's get the best in, work on that code, bring them out, and then we'll, we'll do something on testing. And I've got a great tester. She comes in, she tests it, she's gone, she's on to the next one. And it, it's more of this um, fluid working environment. And I continue to kind of see that happening. Um, and so I think business is changing in, in very unique ways. Um, the, the approach that we take in managing people is different. The where we house people. Um, I remember having conversations with the CEO, CFO Leadership Council in 2018 that, hey, guys, real estate is expensive. <laughs> um, why do you insist upon having everybody in the office? Well, we have to because, you know, there has to be collaboration. Did we get collaboration? Not necessarily. I mean, people were sitting right next to each other and, and were like not cooperating or not collaborating at all. And so it really got back down to collaborating and, and that sort of thing. So I, I continue to see it being remote. I continue, continue to see things being more flexible, adaptable, freelancer sort of thing, more geared to a specific narrower skill. Um, I definitely see the technology sort of supporting that. Um, AI is going to be there um, as a way of enabling some of these uh, fast starts to kind of get things going. You know, if you want to write a, a book or a blog or whatever, it'll give you some topics and you can kind of use it for research. Um, but I don't see it as being, you know, the end all be all solution that everyone is kind of looking at right now. And I think it's going to be exciting. I think in business, I think it's going to be, you know, um, way different than when I started off in my career. That is so true. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I, I do a course on leading with your heart, your head and your hands, because it is different. You have to build relationships. You have to really, your, your workplace needs to be a community and that feeling well, once you have people understanding that they're important to the vision, the goals, then then you can start thinking strategically how they play a part of that. And then mm -hmm. the, the last piece is the service piece, the 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 working with the hands. And I always encourage people to do volunteer work because yes. I know when they do that, then when I give them a paycheck, they're going to work even harder for me. But, you know, it's different and remote. You, It's not a close your door as a manager and, and at the end of the day, you come out again. You really have to work hard to keep those relationships, to build that strong sense of belonging for people who may only see you a couple times a year. Yeah. If you know, and some organizations are even removing them and, and creating these self-organized teams, self-managing teams as well, mm -hmm. um, which is an interesting concept. Yeah. Well, it is time now for me to share my screen. I hope that you all have been taking notes, but if not, um, go grab that paper pencil now. I will give those that are just listening the website information. Uh, you can go to my website to be able to pull in a screenshot of this as well as my YouTube channel. So the website is https colon forward slash forward slash the uncommon league.com slash powerful the uncommon league.com slash powerful on LinkedIn. You can find him by P Crosby. That's C-R-O-S-B-Y P Crosby on LinkedIn. And Paul, if you will just tell them, 
little bit about what they'll find on your website and about the training courses that you talked about. Yeah, so on the powerful one here will get you to a free download of seven powerful analysis techniques. Um, it's a, a free little ebook there, PDF that you can download. Um, and we talk about some great techniques in there. Um, it's great for uh, entrepreneurs, um, business leaders to take a look at that. There's about goal setting and, and um, deconstruction of those goals. Um, also, on, on the, just on the uncommonly.com, you'll find all of our training courses on a business analysis, product management, uh, as well as project management, product owner, um, and all of our great products that uh, we have out there. Do you have anything on process management? We do. Um, yes. We, we are just doing that course next week. I was just looking at that. Mm, yeah. Very uh, good. Business process modeling and uh, improvement. Yeah. I always did all of my projects starting with process management. And um, I just always found it, it made more successful projects whenever those involved understood the process of what they have and where the gaps or the opportunities are. So glad to hear you have that. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being a very informing and educational guest, as well as lots of fun. And um, I will just always remember you going backwards down the bunny hill. Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any away from this podcast that would be yeah, it yeah Just, that would be it no you yeah. gave wonderful information <laughs> i encourage everybody to please go to the website to see um how he might help you to um really fulfill fulfill his need to give back by being able to train you um give you some insight and be able to fail fast and fail safe as always Thank you for being here. And I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast. <laughs>